Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. We're going to be learning a piece from the Or Sameach, a commentary on the Rambam, written by Reb Meir Simcha of Dvinsk. Uh, this piece examines what the exact role of Ede Kiddushin, the witnesses on a Kiddushin ceremony, what purpose they play in Halacha, and uh, what the rationale for needing them is. Now, even though this is a halachic piece, it's a very lumdisha piece, and it deals with some of the key conceptual issues of Ede Kiddushin, but it also intersects with some of the psychological components of the dating process and getting married. So we're also going to examine a little bit what this halachic analysis contributes to our understanding of psychology. And this will be the first of a three-part mini-series on uh, similar themes, three areas of halacha that have to do with dating, marriage, and divorce, where the halachic analysis also intersects with the psychological component of it. And uh, this project is very much in line with Rav Soloveitchik's thinking. Uh, one of his famous themes that he revisits in a number of his books, uh, specifically in Halachic Mind, he talks about this, is that the halacha is the basis for how we view the world, for how we experience the world, for how we think about the world. Uh, the halacha is not just a cold set of laws or something that we technically analyze, but it's very much the basis for our life all around, how we act, how we think, how we see the world. And uh, he famously makes the claim that out of the halachic sources is an entire new philosophy and uh, viewpoint on the world and human life that's waiting to be expounded upon. Uh, now, unfortunately, he did not leave us uh, extensive discussion in that vein. Uh, he did leave some of it, but uh, for the most part, his halachic discussions are separate from his philosophical discussions. And in fact, commentators writing on Rav Soloveitchik struggle with, uh, did he use his own methodology? Did he take the halachic sources and create a philosophy out of it or not? Our goal in this mini-series, though, is to sort of pick up Rav Soloveitchik's methodology and do it on a more limited scale. We're not going to present uh, by any means a full philosophy or approach to life, but instead to look at three pieces from major halachic figures. Uh, this is from Rav Meir Simcha on Ede Kiddushin. Uh, we'll look at Rav Henkin's views on marriage and Rav Lazar Silver's discussion of divorce, and to see how these very complicated conceptual analyses of these processes in halacha shed light on how we think about them on a more emotional or psychological level. So that's going to be our goal for this series, to take Rav Soloveitchik's methodology and apply it to these uh, three discussions of major life milestones and see what insight the halacha has to shed, uh, and specifically what insight we can glean from these conceptual discussions of them. Now, the first issue we'll begin with is Ede Kiddushin, the witnesses that are necessary when a man and a woman get married under Halacha. So uh, the Halacha is very, very clear on this point that in order to affect Kiddushin, there must be two kosher witnesses, adult Jewish 
men who meet all of the criteria. They cannot be relatives. Uh, there are certain sins that they cannot have committed. There are a list of conditions that they have to meet. Uh, but in order to affect any kiddushin whatsoever, so there has to be two witnesses there. If a man would offer a woman a ring and ask her to marry him with absent two witnesses or absent kosher witnesses... So the halacha is very clear that that would be a meaningless action in terms of halachic kiddushin. Now, there is a very famous question asked on this by the Tzosa Choshen in Simon Reishmem Aleph, Sif Katan Aleph. And he wonders, why is the act of kiddushin so different than a financial transaction? Uh, the halacha is very clear. Let's say there were no two witnesses that watched someone borrow money or sell something to someone else. Uh, it wouldn't matter because so long as the two parties agree on it, so we have no question as to the validity of this uh, action. We know that this person certainly borrowed money uh, or this per- person certainly bought this object from uh, the seller. So then in that situation, the halacha says that the action would go through in a financial case. So the person would be the owner of the object or the person would have to repay the loan. It doesn't matter if witnesses are there at the moment when the activity is done. The only reason we need witnesses is in a situation where unfortunately someone lies and we have to ascertain the truth. So the witnesses are there in order to be a resource so that we can ensure that we know exactly what happened. And in halacha we call this edim livrure which it comes from the word bearer to clarify. These witnesses are needed in order to clarify any confusion that might occur in the future. Uh, but when it comes to Gittin Vikidushin, so the witnesses, as we said, are not just to ascertain whether this happened, because even if both the husband and the wife agree that this situation certainly happened, they agree that they were married, but there were no witnesses, so then this Kiddushin would be invalid. Uh, the Edim in a, in a case of Kiddushin are what we call Edim Lekiyume, they're witnesses who affect the entire action. Without the presence of the witnesses, there is no action whatsoever even if both parties agree on it. So the Tzos wants to understand why is there this fundamental difference between a, a financial case and a case of Kiddushin that in financial cases, even without witnesses being present, the transaction is completed. We only need witnesses in order to clarify any disputes that might arise in the future. Uh, whereas in the case of Kiddushin, the witnesses are integral to the entire process of affecting a marriage in Halacha. Now, this uh, is an even bigger problem because the Toast points out that according to the Gemara, we learn out the obligation to have witnesses at a Kiddushin from the case of Mamon, of a financial case. So if we're learning out Kiddushin from monetary cases, it should follow the same rules. How can we distinguish between the two? So the uh, Tzos proposes the following reading to this whole concept, and that is that you always need witnesses because witnesses are the only way that we know if something happened. So there is no such thing in halacha as something being affected without witnesses. We have to have some way to ascertain what happened. But when it comes to monetary cases, so in that situation, we have something called hodas baldin. If the person themselves admits that this is true, then we believe them. So let's say someone admits that they sold so-and-so an object, 
we would accept that from the person and believe that they in fact did sell their object. Let's say somebody admits that they borrowed $100 from someone, so we would believe them. That's called hodas baldin. The admission is acceptable, and according to the tzos, that's actually a form of testimony. This is a, a debate that he has earlier against the Mahari ben Lev, who views that as just giving a gift. Uh, the tzos, though, understands that this is real, full-fledged testimony, that we view the person who's admitting their financial obligation as if they are testifying to that. So says the Tzos that in cases involving monetary situations, we do always have testimony. Either we actually have the testimony of two witnesses, or we have the baldin, the person themselves, obligating themselves, which is also a form of testimony. But when it comes to a, a situation of kiddushin, a marriage, so there we cannot believe the parties involved. Even if both the man and the woman admit, nobody's disputing this, they both agree that they were married, so you would think that we should be able to believe them, but we are not able to believe them, says the Tzos, because their admission affects other people in a negative way. Because once this woman is now married to this man, other men cannot marry her. So by admitting that they were married, they are effectively prohibiting this woman to any other man now. So because it adversely affects other people, in such a situation, we do not accept any admissions. Uh, it would be comparable in a financial situation, let's say someone admits that their neighbor owes money. Obviously, you can't admit someone else owes money. You can only admit for yourself. So in a situation of kiddushin where it adversely affects other people, so hodas baldin does not work. The admission is not accepted as a form of testimony. And therefore, you always need full-fledged testimony of two witnesses who are not the parties involved. So this is the Tzos' understanding of this whole halacha, that really there is no difference between financial cases and kiddushin. In both cases, you always have to have testimony, uh, but uh, an admission of the parties involved is testimony for mumminess, for financial cases, but it is not acceptable testimony in Kiddushin cases. And so that would account for the difference here between Kiddushin and Mamanos. There is no fundamental difference, but the, the way they practically play out, there is going to be a difference. And uh, this idea is also discussed by the Mishnah Lamelech uh, on the Rambam in Gerushin Aleph Gimel and uh, the Nesivos Ha Mishpat on Choshen uh, Mishpat in Lamed Vav Yud uh, also discusses this. So he has a discussion there whether this could apply to Gerushin. The Tzos expands it also to Gerushin. And the Nesivas has a different explanation for that. Uh, we're going to stay focused, though, on Kiddushin. Now, Reb Meir Simcha in the Or Sameach, this is an Ishus Tes Tes Zion. He uh, questions the Ktsos' approach, and that is based on a concept called Biyado. Uh, the rule is that if someone is able to affect something right now, so then they have a much higher power of believability. So even in a situation such as Kiddushin, where they are going to adversely affect other people, uh, they would still be believed that they were married because they could simply get married right now. All they would need to do is get two witnesses. And if they're both willing, then they could just get married on the spot. 
So because they're able to affect this Kiddushin right now, uh, it doesn't seem appropriate to start asking them whether it's going to affect other people or not. The notion of Biyado transcends Chav Lachrini if you're going to adversely affect other people. And this is a general principle. Uh, the Nesivas himself asks a similar question, as I mentioned before, on the Tzos when it comes to Gerushin. Uh, the Tzos tried to expand this idea to divorce, and the Nesivas asks that divorce is in the husband's hands in the olden days, even if the wife didn't agree. So uh, why can't the husband just affect the divorce right now? And we shouldn't take into account whether or not he's going to affect someone else adversely. So Rabbi Meir Simcha asks the same question. And this is really a very logical distinction because the only time it makes sense to ask whether in this situation the parties are affecting other people is if we really need to believe them. But in a situation where they could just affect this transaction or the marriage right now, so then it doesn't matter if they're going to be affecting other people because they have all the power in this situation to uh, just do it this moment. So it says Rabbi Yosimcha that according to the Tzos, he thinks that we should believe the Hodas Baldin, the admission of both parties in a case of Kiddushin. So what then is the reason that the Halacha insists on two witnesses in order to affect a Kiddushin? So Reb Meir Simcha makes a, a beautiful distinction between two different types of transactions. In most monetary transactions, there actually are two distinct aspects to what's going on in what we are watching. On the surface, we see someone buy an object from someone else or we see someone loan money from someone else. Uh, it looks like there's one process going on over here. But if we actually delve into it, we see, says Rabbi Meir Simcha, that there are two distinct processes going on. Let's say uh, someone buys something. So the seller is giving the person the object that uh, that person is now going to take. And uh, that's really independent of anything else. Someone could give someone a gift. Right, a gift is uh, the same thing as a sale, except there's no money coming back in return. So where the seller would be able to do his process completely independently on his own. Uh, the same thing for the buyer. The buyer is giving the seller money, so they're buying this object, but the people can give other people money even if they're not buying an object. Someone can just choose to give someone else a gift of money. So both of these people, both the buyer and the seller, are doing a, a, their independent process. Each of them is giving the other one something, uh, except they have decided to do these two processes together. So they took two independent processes. One guy is giving an object, one guy is giving money, and they've combined these and made them conditional on each other. But again, fundamentally, there are two separate and distinct processes going on that the people have chosen to combine into one. But uh, in the situation of a Kiddushin, so there it's actually very different. The process of the husband wanting to marry the wife and the wife wanting to marry the husband has to be simultaneous. Neither of these processes could ever possibly be done separately. It's not the parties involved who are creating this as one simultaneous process, but it's intrinsic to the very action of getting married that both of them have to want to be in this process at the same moment. And the Rav Meir Simcha adds that even though the Gemara talks about that 
a woman always wants to be married. That's sort of the inherent nature of a woman that they want to be married instead of being single. So you might think that the, any man who's willing to marry them, uh, they are willing to be married. So uh, says our mayor Simcha, that's of course not true. Uh, it's only if a woman expresses the desire to be married, so then we assume that in that situation, she certainly wants to marry this man. But uh, there is no way to argue that uh, an average woman wants to marry any man who will marry her. So uh, there certainly needs to be an expression of willingness on both parties, on the man and the woman's parts, to be part of this marriage in order for this to move forward. Says Rabbi Meir Simcha that because there's this fundamental difference between financial transactions and kiddushin, so therefore we can explain the role of the Edim in these two cases differently. In financial transactions, we only need the Edim to prove what happened in a case of dispute. Because both the buyer and the seller agree to what's going to happen. Neither of them feels that self-conscious about uh, selling their object or giving the money because they know that they could do it independently. So they both fundamentally agree to their role even with nobody watching, even without any witnesses. Only if there's a dispute afterwards and they don't both agree what happened, then you would need the witnesses in order to clarify it. But so long as they both admit what happened, so we have Hodas Baldin and it would be believed what happened. But in a case of Kiddushin, it's so much more complex because since both parties know that their willingness or their desire or their agreement is not sufficient until the other party agrees, so therefore, both parties hold back their full agreement until they can be sure the other person is also fully on board and in agreement. Meaning the husband does not want to admit that he married this woman uh, when there's always the possibility that she might contradict him and decide that she doesn't want to be in this relationship. Uh, and then it would be a negative for her. She would not desire to continue. And uh, the same for her. The wife does not want to acknowledge and admit that this marriage took place, uh, knowing that there's a potential that the husband might decide that he doesn't want to be a part of this marriage. And uh, then it would be a negative for him, and he would take away his admission. So Cesar Mayor Simcha, because of the complexity of this relationship, that both husband and wife need to be bought into the relationship, so therefore neither agrees to admit full, fully and wholeheartedly that they are married and that this action was done until they know for certain that the other party is committed. And the only way to know that, says Rameyer Simcha, is if you have witnesses on it. So the purpose of these witnesses is different than financial cases where the witnesses are there to ascertain what happened in case someone backs out and denies that this happened. But in a case of Kiddushin, the witnesses are there to ensure that the parties actually legitimately really intended and are serious about this happening. Because if we don't have witnesses there, it's just the man and the woman and they do the action of Kiddushin alone. So then on some level, neither of them is willing to fully commit to this Kiddushin because there always is hanging over them the possibility that the other person won't want to be a part of this relationship. In financial cases, that's not a concern because the person can fully commit themselves and carry out what they're trying to do even without the other party. The relationship is less intertwined. Each person could do it on their own and therefore we don't need witnesses to ensure that the people are serious, that they're sincere when they go ahead and do this action. They're anyway sincere 
here, even without anyone watching them. So if a financial transaction is done just with the two people involved alone and no witnesses, that would be sufficient so long as we can prove that it happened because they both agree to it because we understand that they both committed themselves fully to being part of this transaction and to carrying it out. But in a case of Kiddushin, we cannot ascertain sincerity unless we know that there were witnesses standing there and they still went ahead with the act of Kiddushin. So having other people watching them and they still went ahead with it uh, commits both of them at the same moment and therefore we know that they fully intended to do what they were doing. So according to Rabbi Meir Simcha, that's the purpose of the Ede Kiddushin. And again, even though we derive Kiddushin from Mominus, from monetary cases, so you would think they function the same, but there's a clause, which is that in Kiddushin, we need to be able to ascertain sincerity and earnestness, and that we need Adim for. Without Adim, then we cannot assume that they actually intended to do this action and go through with it. So that's why it ends up being different, that you must have Adim in all cases of Kiddushin, uh, as distinguished from financial cases. And uh, based on this, Rabbi Meir Simcha has a nice explanation for the halacha that the Rajbah records. Let's say a couple does kiddushin, uh, and they don't realize that there are two witnesses standing behind a bush watching them. So the Rajbah rules in that case that there is no kiddushin because the couple didn't realize that there were witnesses. So we assume that they didn't actually intend to go through with this. So Rameir Simcha says that the standard explanation for this is that because you need witnesses for kiddushin, therefore it follows that in a case where the couple did not know that there were witnesses, they didn't intend to do this seriously. Uh, but says Rameir Simcha that he thinks the explanation is actually reversed. That it's because we can never prove that a couple is serious and sincere in doing kiddushin because of the complexity of the process. Therefore, if the couple doesn't know there are witnesses, it would not be kiddushin. Uh, it's based on the psychology of this process. If the witnesses are behind the bush and the couple doesn't see them, then we have to assume that the couple might not have fully committed. And therefore, there is no kiddushin. And that is the underlying explanation for the need for witnesses in all cases of kiddushin, even when they agree. Because agreeing, if we cannot know for certain that they actually really intended to go through with this marriage, uh, would not be sufficient. So therefore, we always need witnesses because the agreement of both parties is not enough. So the only way for kiddushin to be done seriously and for us to know that it was actually intended is if there are witnesses. So that's Rabbi Meir Simcha's reading of this halacha. Uh, again, this is a very original way to look at it because essentially he's saying that you don't practically need the witnesses for the essence of the kiddushin to occur. Kiddushin can be done privately, just a man and a woman, and uh, so long as they both admit it, so we know it happened, then that would be sufficient. The reason why you need Adim, says Rabbi Meir Simcha, is for a very original concern, which is that the couple may not fully commit themselves because this relationship always requires another party. It cannot be done one person at a time, and therefore we're concerned that without witnesses there will not be a full commitment on their part. Now, to return to what we began with, 
even though Reb Meir Simcha is exploring the halachas of Edus and how it applies in Kiddushin and financial cases, uh, but there's a strong intersection in this piece with the psychology of our dating process. Obviously, uh, in Reb Meir Simcha's days, 150 years ago, it was uh, different, the process people went through to get married, certainly in his community. Uh, but nowadays, uh, we undergo a much more extensive dating process. Uh, a young couple get, goes out, they try to uh, ascertain if they like each other. People meet with different potential marriage partners in order to ascertain who they get along with. So we have a whole extensive process that goes on to find our marriage partners. And very often, probably for most people, it's a fairly challenging process. It's a big decision to make. You know, many uh, people make it when they're younger with less life experience. Uh, most people have very little experience in marriage. And so we try to make this very complicated decision without having all of the tools and information that we might wish that we had. And this piece from our Meir Simcha, even though it's written in a totally different context, but it gives us a certain language for trying to think about what the challenge exactly is in our modern day dating process. And the complexity at the heart of the dating process that Rameir Simcha identifies is this issue of commitment. Now, you know, there's extreme cases where we talk about uh, people having a fear of commitment and uh, they really are paralyzed by that. But the, even in a regular case, Rameir Simcha's insight is that people are afraid to commit to a relationship before they feel like the other person is committed. And that's normal. You don't want to throw yourself into something if the other person might not be interested or invested in it the same way you are. But on the other hand, we all understand that a relationship like a marriage, which is such an intense relationship, is certainly going to require tremendous commitment on both sides from both parties in order to be successful. So you end up in this strange gray area while dating where commitment is necessary to work together to make this relationship successful. But both parties are hesitant to commit and to invest too heavily in this relationship because they're concerned that the other party is not as committed as they are. And that's uh, really the problem that Rameir Simcha identifies with Kiddushin. And the Torah's solution is that if there are witnesses there, then we know that both parties are serious about what they're going ahead and doing. That uh, technical solution of having witnesses is obviously uh, just for the final step when the couple is ready to embark on their lives together and they've made the decision. So Rav Meir Simcha is not giving us advice about how to overcome this problem, but he does give us a, a very helpful language to try to understand the dynamic that goes on and what the issues are that make it hard sometimes to move ahead. And uh, they're inherent in the system. You know, we don't want to invest in every single relationship early on. Uh, we don't want to throw ourselves into it before having a sense of where it's headed. And uh, there's a certain concern that the other person might not be as invested as we are. And we're going to end up pouring in a lot of our energy and depleting a lot of our energy in this relationship. And it doesn't go where we hope it might go. Or uh, we're not even sure if we want it to go in that direction. So there is that problem built into it. And uh, that makes sense. You know, sometimes uh, people will speak to younger people as if they should just act like every person they're going to meet 
uh, they're going to marry and they just push themselves to really connect as best they can. And then maybe that works on some level, but certainly most people that we come across are not people we would marry. So we don't want to throw ourselves totally into it. Uh, but on the other hand, a relationship certainly uh, to progress needs that type of commitment and that type of energy from both sides. So uh, Rabbi Meir Simcha's analysis of the concept of Ede Kiddushin provides us with a very important insight and a helpful language in order to reflect on the dating process as we experience it in today's world.